Hi, it's Dave here, and this is The Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. But that's not what you're going to hear today. This is a bonus episode. It's a, a sneak look into our uh, Patreon feed. This is the kind of stuff which we throw over at patreon.com forward slash The Cinemile. So uh, we uh, review TV shows, uh, but we also look back at retro movies or more recent movies like this. Um, and we asked our patrons in the spirit of uh, Irish cinema being so well represented last year, um, give us an Irish movie. And, you know, they clearly hate us because they chose Wild Mountain Time. Um, so Cathy and I did a, a long spoiler filled chat about that, which was a, a lot of fun over on our Patreon feed. And we thought in the spirit of St. Patrick's Day, which is today, we would share this with the rest of you on the main feed. Uh, because it is, you know, uh, completely emblematic of Irish culture and the complete embodiment of it. So, uh, here it is. Enjoy. Welcome to Ireland. Once upon a time, there were two farms. The Maldoon farm, where Rosemary lived, and right down the road was my farm, where my son Anthony asked his lonely question of the stars. Why did you make me so... Rosemary Muldoon besotted yeah! with love. There's these green fields, and there's us. Whatever that is, it holds me here. What oh, is this, those things? It's not normal. I don't care. You take after John Kelly, and that man was mad as the full moon. Drowned himself. He fell in. He had a rock tied to his neck. Rosemary, we're known to each other quite a while now. Would you marry me? <laughs> Are you going to leave the farm to Anthony? I don't see a clear path. From where to where? From me to you. My cousin is coming. What do you think? It's the finest car I've ever seen. You'd offer the farm to an American. I'm waiting for that one. What are you waiting for? Me, I don't wait. I do like that. You should come to New York sometime. Anthony. Never mind. If it comes to that, I'll freeze my eggs. You should freeze your whole body if you're waiting for that one. Won't you go, Las Vegas? And we'll, we'll all come together, together in a wild mountain, mountain time. All around the blooming heather. Where you go, Lassie, go. So, um, and that's, that's what happens in Ireland every night. <laughs> <laughs> we all just sing around. That's also my review of the movie. Singing that song. Um, I think this movie, but first of all, we're going to spoil, I think we should just spoil, we're going to spoil this yeah, movie. Yeah, we spoil um, Just so you know. Now I'm going to say, I think, I think knowing the end of this movie, it's still fine to watch it. And I won't say enjoy it. I would say you can appreciate it. I think, um, though, if you are ever tempted to watch it and you haven't watched it yet, I would say watch it before you Yeah, go to watch this. it and come back to us. It has a very, and I say very unexpected ending. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I did not see coming. Correct. And that's actually cool. So... Now, I think this film So should, don't listen if but, you haven't But however, it. we're not recommend. I'm not recommending... I don't think I could recommend anyone watch this. I'm if you have an inclination to watch this, it is certainly a sight to behold. It's I'll a say sight that to much. behold. It is quite unusual. And I will say that it is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yes, but neither is it good. No. This movie should be judged, I think, 
on two counts. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's representation of modern Ireland. Number two, its own merits as a movie. It fails on both counts for, for my money. Yeah. It does not for really ages. hold up as a, as a, for ages as I a narrative it was, um, or the characters. I thought it was set in the it, past for ages. Yeah. And then it suddenly, when I realised it was set like in 2019... Well, which what I do, was shook. Let's address let's address the first point then, um, because I think that's kind of the theme we're looking at here: Ireland on the big screen and how it's represented. Um, and in there particular, is, uh, there's a there's a term Irish. <laughs> now you're always but this film. This film is, and they, things like this often are written by an Irish American. Who so has... your man, this is the lad, I only learned this at the end of this movie, is this the, the lad that wrote Moonstruck, whose name I don't have to have, yeah. but Kathy's doing the fun facts today, I'm so I didn't have to do true. anything. But he is Irish-American, he hasn't, to my it smacks research... Of, it smacks of an Irish-American yeah. having written it. Like, no person who's spent any amount of time living in Ireland would write this film. So he's the John Hamm character. Like, the John Hamm yeah. character is clearly an analogue for himself. And he did say right? that it's based kind of somewhat on his family. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, there is nothing wrong with um, being an Irish American and having a romantic perspective of Ireland no. and portraying that on the screen. He is entitled to do that, and that is largely what he has done. But I am just to come back to the two points we're judging this on. Number one, is this an accurate portrayal of modern Ireland? It absolutely is not. And if anything, and it's fine, but that's no, all, but that's, that's fine. You can yeah. present this as a romantic yeah. a portrayal. However, my concern is that the audience, that the, the, we're already, the perception of Ireland on the international stage often goes hand in hand with this. And, and by the way, we, the Irish, are culpable for, for A, having created and perpetuated this a little bit, B, leaning into it. Um, but but it exists, this, this sort of... Um, uh, this perspective of Ireland as old-fashioned and greened hills and, and, and it's all farms and, and that is only one tiny aspect of, it's a, of modern it's, Ireland. There's, it's an extremely valuable uh, part, lucrative part of the Irish economy though, people coming to visit Ireland for that reason. Sure. And I think, I don't think Irish people ever create that image of themselves but and they actually pretty actively reject it. Like, you know, this film was not well received by Irish people and Irish critics. Um, so Irish people kind of fundamentally object to this. I don't personally mind at all um, an American's romantic notions of Ireland. So I'll forgive it. Even though I truly thought it was set in like maybe the 70s for ages into the film. It took me ages to realize that it was set in present day. Um, and and I did think it was set in the 70s and I didn't mind it to be set then. I think yeah. being set now, I don't mind it being in an accurate portrayal of the country, but it's just how they spoke was just so silly. Well, this is the thing. The language is, is so they're, they're doomed from the start when they they cast the majority non-Irish actors. Yeah. Right? I think that's that's an issue. The um Because you're already well, you're already not majority non-Irish. There's just very few actors in it. So Jamie Dornan is Irish. Emily Blunt is... Of the primary cast... But the primary cast is only three people. So and two one thirds out- of them are not Irish. Yeah, but so one I stand English. I stand by like, my sh- Emily Blunt's close enough and I, I actually English ain't Irish, the last I checked. Yeah, but I'm saying from an accent point of view, like where I got slammed from the trailer and where that carried through for me in this film, it's actually Christopher Walken that's butchered the accent. Emily Rose Blunt Jamie Mary Muldoon <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Dornan while he's from Northern Ireland he does a grand southern accent and Emily Blunt to my mind does a grand accent like they're not amazing 
But like Christopher Walken They did an okay job The problem with them Is the words coming out yeah, of their Yeah the mouth. words The script I do bad. not sound like A 30 something um, Irish farmer In um, and, and by the way I, I'm coming at this From a perspective of A lot of my family Are farmers mm-hmm. um, And guess what They sound like normal people They, they, they don't, don't talk, talk like, like this, this. Yeah. This isn't how And then particularly Like young people If this was even if this was um, They were 60 year olds I'd, st- I'd still Question <laughs> Question How they're talking to each other And what they're talking about These two people And now And I, and I will try and give the, the, the movie Some credit here again In that um, When I discovered That this was The writer of Moonstruck It all did kind of it Click into sense, place Because yeah. that movie Has weird Quirky characters as well Like um, Nicolas Cage And Cher's characters Are odd that their is chemistry weird. is odd. Yeah. Their romantic, their, their romance is odd, um, and they speak weirdly. So I'm kind of like it. It kind of clicked for me that this is how he writes characters, and it is sort of his um, mo. But I still, it's still so bloody jarring. I'm like, who are you people? Where? What decade are you living in? Yeah. What? And it's like I can't. And 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 it, I also struggle to relate with them anyway because they're quirky. Weird characters. I struggled. I struggled to understand any decisions that they made, or their motivations. But they should have just said it. Like if they just said it in the seventies, it would have been fine. I truly think a lot of the issues people have with the film, and I say seventies because, like, you can't be going too far back in Irish history because it's just so dramatically different from now. I would say the sixties. I think Ireland as a nation, though, I think in the in the fifties and sixties, Ireland was. An incredibly impoverished nation. No it was I'm just we, saying My feeling of this film Was that like She's way more progressive Than we would have had Like she wouldn't have Quite fit into the 50s model either Well she kind of was Until the end When she becomes that Like and we, we'll talk About the end obviously But she becomes Really weirdly patriarchal As a character But she's But she's what's like, interesting You're is a though, man And have a Guinness And you're so strong And tall And, 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 and I want to be kept And like yeah, these but, are the things She's saying Yeah but she's saying it though In that in an empowered way If she's proactively saying I want I, yeah, I, I want, want you to be like that and that's a different to my mind anyway regardless of anyway my bigger issue with it isn't actually any of the Irishness right because I, I do forgive that a bit um albeit I really you enjoyed forgive it I forgive it a little bit my problem is genuinely and I truly mean this for the first half hour of the film I did not know what was happening no same it, it jumps the, straight into stuff I that, don't I don't think um, and that's when a good Dave, director that's, but that's when Dave said I feel like this is a play and I was like there's no way this is a play because like who'd have ever watched it do you know what the play of this called Outside Mullingar early fun fact won a Tony award oh wow in 2012 Does that mean it's a musical? Are the Tony's musicals Or are they just all plays? It can just be theatre I think Oh okay, okay. Um, So this is an award winning play Now I say Incredible. an award winning play in America In America yeah see, um, th- see this is the problem This plays well in America Because it plays And this is the concern with setting it in modern Ireland I think it reinforces and perpetuates Stereotypes. I don't think it reinforces perpetuates any stereotypes because this film is a laughing stuff. But I, but I, I think there exists a perception of Ireland in America already because we have such close ties with that that country. You know, a large, huge percentage of our population emigrated there, mm-hmm. and there are huge connections as this movie leans into with Ireland and America. But there is a rose-tinted romantic view of it, um, and and it is. I think. I think it is. I. 
I think this movie is just playing into it and it is not a reality. And no, I, I don't think it's a reality, but yeah. I don't mind it being played into either because I often think that without the American fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh generation Irish American people having that sense of nostalgia for Ireland, we'd have way less films than we actually have in terms of Irish cinema. For better or worse, it's better for the industry that they exist. It's good for our tourism industry. I, it never grates on me as much as it grates on other people. Really? Yeah, it doesn't. What grates on me? I don't is, find is, it. I didn't find it offensive. No, I, I don't laughable. find it. I don't. I was exactly. It at doesn't it. at all offend me. Yeah, this I, film. Okay, I agree. But what's what is weird to me is that I truly felt like putting the dialogue aside. Okay, because dialogue can be a matter of taste. But the actual pacing and like explanation of what was happening on the screen, like I could truly barely follow it. Yeah. And like the it's mad to me. So he won an Oscar for Moonstruck. He was nominated for an Oscar. He made Doubt with Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. He made the play. Actually. He wrote the yeah. play and made the movie. Like yeah. he's really accomplished. This didn't feel like a film that was made by an accomplished director. No, it and the... Maybe so, he's not used to directing, though. Maybe he's not I, used to I writing. thought the movie did not look good. There was TV quality at, at points. It well, it was only like shot in five movie. weeks, and that's a tiny shooting window for a film. Yeah, but it it, it didn't hold together. The, 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 there's no... Like, I, I, I struggled, as you said, with a sense of place, a sense of motivation, mm-hmm. a sense of the characters' relationships to each other. Mm-hmm. The movie throws you in with some like like awful narration from Christopher Walken at the beginning which is all like and the, the, the Muldoons and the will I tell you what at the, the opening the line and the will I tell you what the opening and go on will I tell you what the opening line of this is welcome this is Christopher Walken welcome to Ireland my name's Tony Riley I'm dead he says dead. welcome to Ireland does he okay go on and then he says I'm dead yeah because he's speaking from beyond the grave. And I say, he says all this. Which in, is also a lame, that's a lame trope to have a, a dead in But he says all this in an American accent. <laughs> like every no, now no, and then. No, no, he says that in a Christopher Walken accent. Yeah, he's, you, his voice is so distinctive. And like every fifth word he tries to sound Irish, he just gives it up, goes back to being American again. Now we were watching this thinking, why is Christopher Walken in this film? But when I read that it was only, well, first when I read that it's actually a really esteemed writer, which I would have never guessed you know it, it's been a Tony award winning play like I can see the attraction and then secondly five weeks in Ireland like that's a nice proposition for an actor you can come to Ireland you can do a very quick yeah, shoot I, I don't blame any of the actors yeah. for signing on to this I don't I think the, but it was I more think the issue walking. is in the execution I think I think it's not it, it's it's a, it's a difficult it's difficult material difficult to translate uh, for an actor I think they did an okay job, Jamie Dornan and Emily Blunt, with what they had. I think uh, I just think the the material is weird. They seem to be the, really enjoying themselves, though. I did get the sense, and I do like that in a film of like they're enjoying it. Interestingly, Jamie Dornan's wife composed the music. Oh yeah. So that would have been nice for him and his wife. And then, in fairness to the film, they had Wild Mountain Time, which you've heard the cinema rendition of. And what I really like about the use of Wild Mountain Time, or like Go Lassie Go, whatever the song's actually called, I I think it's really nice that they. I don't know why they changed the name of the movie from Outside Mullingar to Wild Mountain Time because Wild Mountain Time sounds like a spoof. Outside Mullingar doesn't. But anyway, they... But actually, Wild Mountain Time is more of a romantic title, which I think this movie is 
is or trying is trying to be. But it was too like Irish. It, I think it's part of what sparked the utter hatred from Irish people towards this film. Outside Mullingar is a terrible title. That sounds that sounds I like, like that sounds like I'm giving directions to somebody. I really like it. Um, but anyway, what I like though when you've leaned in when that's going to be your film title, you have to lean in. And I and I think they really did because like they opened the film with Jamie Dornan's mom singing Wild Mountain Time. The middle of the film had Emily Blunt singing Wild Mountain Time while Christopher Walken wept. And then, spoilers for the end of the film now. Proper spoiler warning here. At the end of the film, and this is not the shocking bit, is Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan singing Wild Mountain Time yeah. together. So it is sung a lot. And I know we were kind of laughing earlier that, um, you know, we made a joke that everyone sings that all the time. However, I actually think this is one of the things the movie got right. And I would like to talk about that for a second, the things the movie got right about Ireland. Number one... Um, Irish people people love singing. do sit around singing in pubs, mm-hmm. and that still happens, mm-hmm. and it's something I love about Ireland, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm very um, proud of. And that song, I we have sat in a, a, a pub with uh, your dad and all his brothers and sisters um, singing that that very song. Mm-hmm. So that that now the only thing that jarred with me is there's never a stage, there's never a talent show. That bit. Is BS, but I guess um, there might be a talent show because I actually heard on our local radio the other day that there was going to be. I a know talent Cork's show. got talent, but that's not that's not like but no. But this was like Mullingar's go got talent, I guess. Yeah, but that that I mean, go to that, go to that. Anybody who lives in Ireland, that <laughs> that's um, kids going up on stage and doing you know yeah. that that's not the sing song. That's not what this put what yeah. this like. My dad and your dad have, have always been involved in. Uh, trad and mm. Irish music and sing songs in the pop that well, is a very songs, healthy culture and it does exist for people who don't live in Ireland the sing song that is more indicative is actually the ones in Banshees of Inisherin. that's more like what an Irish pub would be like um, that is actually from the past well yeah but, but yeah, also yeah, yeah that's but, really but that is it yeah Brendan, yeah. Brendan Gleeson round a table with a few uh, um, um, what were these fiddle players or whatever? But um, the other things I think this got right is I thought Christopher Walken's um, and Jamie Dornan's farm, the set, the interior, was bang on. I think it was Not, real though; it wasn't a set. I think they well, were maybe in the house. maybe it's on, on location then, yeah. but it was bang on location casting because mm-hmm. I've been in that kitchen. Yeah, same. That that kitchen is. Um, and it is out of the past. It's not representative of modern Ireland, but uh, you know that's my my uncle's uh, kitchen on the farm. You know this 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 like it's very a seventies eighties aesthetic, but nothing's been updated. Yeah, still has like the old stove. That was my my grandmother's house. So that felt like absolutely bang on the money to yeah. me. Definitely, and yeah. the rest, and then really everything else is just the accents, the dialogue, everything else is just. Felt but then it's wrong. more and more. So we need to get into the plot now, right? Because we haven't yeah. got into it yet. And this is my massive spoiler warning, okay, around the plot. Um, so it's kind of this fairly ludicrous plot where they live in the farms next door from each other. There's some kind of. There was some indication either in the trailer or the Netflix synopsis or in general press reviews that it was something to do with like warring families and that it was kind of a Romeo and Juliet situation. It's not that at all, right? They live in they live in land next door to each other. Emily Blunt's always been in love with Jamie Dornan their whole lives, but because this movie lurches us into the present, shows us a clip of them as kids and a clip of them now, what I couldn't quite get was have they not spoken in 30 years or is it just that they always talk and their relationship has never progressed and I still don't know the answer to that one. Yeah, same. But she is obsessed with him, infatuated with him. He has no interest in her and he's like very odd and Jamie Dornan himself said in interviews that he's like, he reckons the characters in some form of spectrum. He's very, um, 
socially odd. No, he's a B. Well, that's the reveal. <laughs> that's the reveal. That's the answer. We find out at the end because we are like, well, come on. the spectrum. It's just a B. All the questions we were asking to each other as it was going on of where he just shows no interest in Emily Blunt, but he simultaneously has nothing else to do except hook up with Emily Blunt. I was like, well, is he gay? Is he asexual? Is he? I was like, this. what's happening here? Because I couldn't figure it out. And then it towards the end, she actually asks him. But again, she says, are you a homosexual? And I was like, who would ask that? Like, you'd say, are you gay? But anyway, he, he's I think, like... No, to be fair, I think she said both. I think she said, are you gay? Oh, you did know, she? Okay. But anyway, then he's like, no, I'm not. And then in the end, he's like, oh, you'll be, you, you'll run away if I tell you. And you'll she's like, be what? And he's afraid. Like, he's like, I'm a honeybee. Yeah. And she's like, what? And he's like, Now, I does think. he say, I can't remember, does it, I think I'm a honeybee or I am a honeybee? I think he says, I think I'm a honeybee. He's a bee. Like, <laughs> he's what? a bee. He is a bee. What the yeah. hell? It like was really what? left field, but then, but then they had been um, dropping. There was a lot of B. There was a lot of B action going on. He well, like we, he helps free a bee. He's as a he's kid, he's, got, he's sniffing pollen. And also um, at the very beginning, we had put on the subtitles because we truly couldn't understand what was happening between the accidents and how badly the whole thing was directed. And there was like at one point we couldn't hear anything, but the subtitles said bees bee buzzing, and we were like, "What? <laughs> Why are they putting bee noises in the, in the <laughs> like, subtitles?" So, so what like, is, what the what's hell? going on? Right, he thinks he's a bee, she thinks he's a swan. So, are she thinks she's a swan. Are we supposed but to... then he says she's a flower. I was, I mean... Now, now my, my problem with the whole thing is not that he's... He uh, thinks he's a bee. Because that's just mad and wacky and kind of interesting. Yeah, really but, interesting. But it was thrown in at the but end. But then it's thrown in at the end and they do nothing with they it. They do nothing Like, this with is it, my yeah. problem is yeah. that, like, if someone tells you, I think I'm a honeybee... You you have about one hundred follow up questions. She is not interested in any of them. No, she's just she's like, just like I, she's just like I accept you for who you are. <laughs> you are a honeybee, and I, she's just so infatuated with him. And I think and that's that, nice, though. It's kind of nice. But and you I think, would have more follow up. I think questions. that's what the movie's trying to tell us, right? Is that and I don't and I just don't think it's a satisfying ending. Not because he's a bee, but because he has spent. 90% of this movie avoiding her and not expressing any interest in her. And then at the last 10%, the movie wants us to believe that he has just been unsure of how to approach her. He's very awkward and shy. He wants the, the ring. He wants this perfect thing. He's actually loved her his yeah, whole that, time. Was really his confusing. whole life. That doesn't doesn't ring true to me. It but I don't think it's right. No, but I think that wasn't what the movie was saying, though. I think... Christopher Walken was like I'm not going to leave you the land unless you get married and then he decided to propose to her because she was like living next door basically oh okay he did say she was well, again beautiful. none of this was clear yeah to none me. of it was none clear none of this was conveyed also complete well. side plot right where Christopher Walken or main plot Christopher Walken's questioning whether or not to leave him his land right because he's saying you're not going to have children and I want the land to stay in our family for generations so I might sell it to your your hot cousin John Hamm but then anyway, that all gets resolved. Emily Blunt flies to... It was quite funny. It was quite funny when she flew to New York for a day just to go to the ballet. Like, she's an interesting character. Yeah. And then and then she kind of has her, like, the whole pretty woman vibe, I guess. She's all dressed up and she goes to the theatre and she goes to kind of hooks up with John Hamm. I enjoyed all that, as weird as it was. But mainly the point on Christopher Walken is, like... He has his, he's on an oxygen tank or whatever. He's got some sort of condition. And at bedtime, he's saying to Jamie Dornan, they have this epiphany moment in bed and he's saying to him, I love you. I've left you the farm. And he starts like smoking a pipe and Jamie Dornan's like, oh, well, you should, you can't smoke. You've got oxygen. And he's like, oh, not tonight. I'm leaving the oxygen off and I'm ready to die. And I'm like, so this is euthanasia then at this point. 
And then we just never see Christopher walking again and he's just dead. Well, he told us he was dead in the narration yeah, at the beginning. I, where's Emily Blunt? Yeah, got yeah. like two funerals for her well, You parents. do see him in the end as a, in the ghost Oh, pub. you see him as a ghost, of course, yeah. in the pub. But um, That's actually another thing I think they got right. We actually, we sit, we do sit around with ghosts. Yeah, that's true. In, um, in it was pub. very much like the end, the neighbours, for spoiler for the very last episode of Neighbours, but there was a lot of ghosts hanging around in the final scene of that. But no, he basically just went to bed like chose to die didn't take his oxygen and we never saw any more about it and that's jarring is it like Christopher Walken just said you know what lads it's a shit movie I'm leaving <laughs> like he's missing a scene <laughs> well I rewatched the trailer there after we watched it when I was doing the fun facts and um like the truly the reason the trailer is the trailer is so bad for two reasons so firstly Christopher Walken narrates it which they should have never let happen when they yeah. heard the accent I mean he should never have been cast and B they should have there made are the... so many like old accomplished male Irish actors yeah, that but they like, could have chosen yeah but you can like if you're the playwright and, and Christopher Walken's willing to do it like you're gonna ha- has him like Okay, um, yeah. And then the second point is the trailer was just way too long and silly I think it could have had an air of mystique about it like he's hiding a dark secret um, do you want to hear if I get it's into the dark scene. do you want to hear some of the fun facts because yes. I love this one yes, so this be. is um, I'll start from the beginning actually um, it's an interesting one to do fun facts on because it's a very recent movie which means like in a general sense there's not that many fun facts and it's not based on real events but it's just a fascinating one to read about because it's so odd um, so I already mentioned I'm just going to have a Reese's piece while you do he's a, I already mentioned the director John Patrick Stanley or Shanley is um, I'll hold this while you eat is an American playwright screenwriter and director so he's won an award for Moonstruck his play Doubt a parable won the Pulitzer Prize for drama and in 2005 he won it won the Tony Award for best play he wrote, then wrote the film adaptation and earned a nomination for the Academy Award for best adapted screenplay like highly credited writer and outside Mullingar, um, sorry, won a Tony Award in 2014, starred Deborah Messing in the lead role. He really wanted the lead oh, yeah. girl to have a girl red hair. Red hair, yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder why. Because <laughs> everyone in Ireland has red but hair. Emily but Emily Blunt didn't go full redhead. It was like more like strawberry blonde. We were also like, that's amazing that like, n- no, I'm not at all saying farmers can't be good looking because they can be, but what they probably wouldn't generally be is like, Why are you trying to I'm say? saying they wouldn't be fully made up at all times when they're out working on yeah, the Yeah, there were a few like, moments we commented like she looks like she just stepped off the Paris fashion show. Yeah, she definitely wears Prada. incredibly like, like incredible coats. Gorgeous coat, gorgeous like amazing stuff. makeup. But, but honestly, that's fine with me. Like I don't, I, I'll buy... It's fine with me, but don't tell me she's a farmer then. I'll buy, no, no, I'll buy, I'll buy that you can have a farmer who likes nice clothes in modern Ireland. That's fine. I won't buy But not, that they won't wear them while they're farming though. She'll talk about... Uh, <laughs> I don't know they like that anything they said in this movie well, did our, not sound like like a 30 something year old in 2020 we, we I mean? forgot to talk about the Guinness in this movie because it's funny Jamie Dornan is a rep for Guinness now but I don't think he was when they made this film and like in the pandemic he refuses to drink it in, in the, in the, yeah he refuses to drink Guinness yeah. in this film but in the pandemic or post pandemic Guinness brought like these amazing like cans that you can like pour your own Guinness at home and they're lovely but in this movie, they make quite a meal out of being like, there's a new bottle in this now, <laughs> but it tastes terrible. And then she gets the bottle and she's like trying to get Jamie Dornan drunk, I guess. And then, so they take one, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what, was what she was trying to do. I don't yeah. know what anyone was trying to and do at any point. And she takes a small point. bottle of Guinness and then she, so like no one in Ireland would ever do this, like categorically. She then gets two, like two very they small glasses. They share one 
Yeah, but they don't right. even share the bottle of Guinness. They each have like a third of a bottle of Guinness. That Didn't they even fill up the glass, in. and it was a tumbler. It was like a tumbler of Guinness. Like, and oh. they and then they actually are like, "That's lovely Guinness." And I'm like, "What <laughs> the hell is happening?" Like, no Irish person would ever do that. Like, the absolute minimum Guinness you can pour is a half pint. Um, speaking as someone who lives a half pint of Guinness. Um, anyway. Yeah, but he's a honeybee, so he's only got so much, you know. So much of that. He's full up on sweet, sweet nectar. Can I say what I thought was going to... You know, they're at the end. So the, basically, there's the talent show where she sings Wild Mountain Time. And then a year later, there's the talent show, but they're together, right? Uh-huh. First of all, I give the director some restraint for not having her cradling a bump, which is what you generally yeah, see after... I would not have been surprised. Like, it would have been so lame. And then, truly, secondly, because the film had gone so wacky at that point, I actually thought that they might have had, like, a song, like... Honey to the bee that's for <laughs> me. And that would have been funny. And it's like the film didn't lean into how funny the premise was. Sorry, that's actually another thing. This film is not funny. It's very but It tries to be funny. No, it tried to be funny regularly. And it was not. Honey to the bee would have been a good. Or um, sweets for my sweet. The film doesn't. The fil- I don't think the film has a very good sense of humor. And I think the actors are doing a lot of... Jamie Dornan does a lot of, like, pratfalls in this. But we know Jamie Dornan's a good com- comedic actor. Oh, yeah. he's been ba- in uh, Barb... Bat Barb and Margot to Costa del Star, right? Barb, yeah, whatever that, that movie's um, called. He's very funny, funny in that. Do you know what he could have done? Honey, honey, how you thrill me. Uh-huh. I do think it was both him and Emily Blunt singing. That was my sense of it. And they're both lovely singers. Anyway, back to the casting. Jamie Dornan, no audition course did a short phone call with Shan Lee. Um he's, he's okay in this like they're yeah, both of I'm not saying he's bad at all yeah sorry yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just saying like if you're Jamie Dornan you don't need to audition yeah. um, apparently the director started from the place of I want a dark brooding romantic lead and I looked across the landscape of international English speaking actors um, Shan Lee maybe you should have just looked in Ireland first because <laughs> FYI two of them are up for nominations in the Oscars right now I couldn't find anybody that fit the bill as well as Jamie he laughs before adding this was in an interview he already thought he's already thought of as connected with romance, but perhaps a bit more lurid than I was going to do. Lurid. <laughs> this movie's not lurid. <laughs> no, no, he's the- referring to Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, and what right, he's known right, for. Okay, I see. And then, interestingly, in terms of alternate casting, the only one I can find is that actually in May 2019, when this film was announced, and it was announced as an adaptation of Outside Mullingar, it hadn't got its new name yet. Hol- Holiday Granger was the woman. Do you remember who she is? Who's that again? She is the star of the Corman Strike TV sh- series. Also has red hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's good I could see her as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Emily Blunt brought a lot of personality to this, though. I'm a well, she's a much bigger Blunt. name. Yeah, but she's also got... Emily Blunt's quite a radiant person. And I, I truly think for all the mad uh, yeah, shit that was going on, Emily, Emily Blunt made it work. I think it, the film would have been a lot lesser if she wasn't in it. That's my feeling on it. Yeah. Um, Do you think they had good chemistry? I don't think there was any chemistry, but I think that was because that's there's not supposed though. to be. He's a yeah. bee, like. <laughs> She's a human. Like, that's supposed to have chemistry. Because at the end, when they finally got together and she accepted him, our patrons are going to think we're trolling them, lads. We've not made up this plot. Like. Wait a second. Oh, my God. She's a swan and he's a bee. Yeah. That's the birds and the bees. Oh, yeah. Even better. Um, so basically What's this movie trying to say? I have no idea Is it? Is it? But they had good chemistry Once they accepted each other I thought they had brilliant chemistry So in fairness to them I yeah, think that's they deliberate They were able to switch it on Yeah But then that I find that frustrating When I'm watching a rom-com And 
90% of it is it was interesting I'm like this is not a romantic film because there's no they're, they're not going to get together this like this I movie's going to have a point, different ending yeah I thought at one point one of them was going to emigrate I thought he was going to be gay so, but th- th- then the problem is I, I just this 180 at the end doesn't ring true it's just really confusing do you think they drink like thimbles and then it's like oh and I'm a bee do you think they drink thimbles of Guinness <laughs> with their dinner every night I think Guinness saw this movie and we're like we need to get Jamie Dornan yeah he's our man <laughs> that's our guy he knows how to drink a Guinness um, anyway so uh, so that was it on casting um, I couldn't find anything about the Christopher Walken how he got cast but I just know that like if Christopher Walken says he's going to be in your movie you're obviously going to cast him um, and it's so funny because you just watched Christopher Walken in um Severance. Severance. He's yeah. so good in that. And I would say he if he if he didn't have the accent, he is good in this, but the accent's just unforgivable. It's okay. It's unforgivable. Do you know there's one line I really liked? Uh, and I thought he actually delivered it well. Um it's when uh he says, I just don't I just <laughs> I can't do I can't even do his accent. I just don't see a clear path. And Jamie Doran says uh, from from where to where? From me to you. <laughs> I thought that was a good bit of writing the weirdest there. thing I've never heard anyone wrap their name around a name like this and everyone in this film does it and I Muldoon. don't know why it must be because of how the director said it so her name's Muldoon M-U-L-D-O-O-N by the way Muldoon. nobody in Ireland is called Muldoon but if they, they might not be a sing- I guarantee you if you do the census <laughs> well, next there might year be. it's not a single person but if they are they'll be called Muldoon Muldoon this is how they say it in this movie Muldoon, Muldoon. And every time anyone says the name, they're like, Rosemary Muldoon. Rosemary Muldoon. It's mad how they're going on with and that who name. who else? He's a, he's a, I did like the thing of you're not a, you're not a Kelly or a Riley, you know, all that, or you're not a Riley or a Kelly. At one point you're, I thought he was implying the mom had cheated on him, but it wasn't even that good. I liked Christopher Walken's moment before he voluntarily gave up his oxygen and potentially blew himself up. And um, when he was like, Blew himself up. He said, Sorry, what? Because Jamie Dorman was like, you can't have your pipe and your oxygen. And he was like, don't worry about <laughs> Sorry, it, mate. Do you think he blew, <laughs> no, I he blew up himself? No, and he just that, that's how he chose he to go. He just deliberately slept without his oxygen. <laughs> yeah. But he kind of tells Jamie Dornan, like, and this is kind of an interesting thing to tell someone, I didn't love your mother. I only mm. married her because I needed to, to continue the bloodline to pass the farm on to someone. And then one day I did love her and then that was grand. <laughs> so, so that's what I think. I think there is something interesting it's in like here in terms thing. of of romanticism versus pragmatism, mm-hmm. right? So he married um, he married the the woman out of uh, uh, for uh, pragmatic uh, um, re- reasons um, and became a romantic later. So romance can happen later. And then you've got the John Hamm character versus the Jamie Dornan character, which represent complete mad romanticism believing you're a bee like the most like in uh, weird out there romantic like that's he's, he's romantic about nature to the point where he believes he's part of it mm-hmm. versus John Hamm who says things like marriage is, a, is an arrangement and uh, you know it's a John Hamm and Emily Blunt have brilliant chemistry they, had, they did yeah and yeah. when Emily I lo- they had some really good dialogue that I thought was very funny and they delivered it very well and he's like I manage money for a living and she's like True. Oh, that's great. It can't manage itself, can it? And she's just like yeah, ripping yeah. the piss out of him. And I enjoyed all that. Anyway, on to the shooting. She's a witty character. Yeah, she's a good character. Yeah. She's just totally mad by the end, though. Like, they're absolutely. I enjoyed that they're just both mad as hatters by the end. So the cost was $5 million over five weeks. That's a very low budget film, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what it took in. I couldn't quite figure it out it because it, it got re- released all over the place because the pandemic. It never got the release that it would have I, had. I've seen I've seen Irish tourism ads which look better than this. Yeah, I know, right? 
Um, but it's really interesting to hear him shooting in Ireland. He says, you, the director, you go to Ireland, this beautiful countryside and those endless wild skies and having all these actual animals and wind and rain and sunshine that pass through the frame about every 15 seconds. It's an adventure to shoot in Ireland and a positive one. Like, that's really nice. That's nice. Um, and then he, he was, seems like a nice guy who's very talented and well-intentioned. I just don't, I just I don't think... And look, you have to applaud anyone for making a movie. Like, it's incredible that he... Yeah. wrote this made a play turned it into a movie but but it's just it it just didn't work no I, oh I don't think so. I mean it's been so slated that I actually do feel bad for him because I'd say it was a passion project and he probably loved doing it well at he's, least at least he's not here this is only if we're he's a patron is small like, oh no he is a patron I spotted oh, recently so um, so anyway another quote about him just I guess how much he loved filming here he said it's a love letter to Ireland. It's filmed in the western town of Ballina where the locals put up posters welcoming the cast. Um, and he said, what's interesting about shooting in rural Ireland, where we were, it's like another time. It's about the simple things and living off yeah, the Yeah, that's farm. when you set the movie, man. And that being the main focus of your day, yeah. And he's obviously like, oh, I've immersed myself in, in this Ballina, like in this beautiful countryside for five weeks. Meanwhile, normal Irish people go about their daily lives not spending all their time in the past um, and then interestingly just one note on the script from Jamie Dornan I have never read anything as lyrical as Wild Mountain Time we almost talk in verse John has written it in such a way that you can't really wait to say the words oh wow yeah this is wild to me that he said that about the is it wild Mountain <laughs> Time um, um, and then do you want to hear a bit about the Maybe it works better as a play. Oh, I would say it works a hundred times better as a play. Because in plays... Because a play is a bit sort of... You expect them to jump in and start in the action. And But it's also not so grounded in a in a time. It can be... Exactly. It can be a bit sort of ethereal yeah. almost. Like, the only reason... There was only two reasons we knew this was set in the present. So one, um, Emily Blunt says, I want to freeze my eggs or something. And then the other is, we noticed on the... The tax we discs. Were, we were we free. We were pausing everyone. because we were like, "There's no way." We're like, we thought it was a continuity Cause, error because the, the, the flashbacks with them as kids, we were like, "Right, okay, that's the fifties." So then we were like, "Okay, must be the eighties." And then the and then the, the the house would look like for the eighties. So we we're like, "Okay, we're in the eighties." Then we saw an 06 license plate, and we're like, "Oh wait, no, we're in the noughties. And then yeah, we're freeze frame. We were like detectiving <laughs> this, like we're looking at the tax code. Tax on the- code said 2019, and we were like, "What a continuity we like, error!" Where are yeah? And then she says freezing her eggs, and we're like, "Wait, what?" Then she flies Aer Lingus to New York yeah, you could fly to see the Lion the King. She if she'd so been we- flying Concorde, that would have been epic. Um. Okay, and then this is but, all Shanley said about Christopher Walken. Um, he said, uh, what did he say again? Oh yeah, I mean, you have Christopher Walken, you radio up to some planet and he sort of parachutes into this world for a little while, does whatever it is he has decided to do and then he just beams away to wherever he came from. <laughs> That's pretty much how you describe it. <laughs> He's basically saying Christopher Walken did not give a F and that was sound, having an absolute laugh. It sounds like um, sort of Marlon Brando level uh, sort of stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Do you want to hear some of the reviews of Christopher Walken? Yeah, go on. Um, Chicago's Sun-Times critic Richard Roper wrote, I'll say this for Wild Mountain Time, it is maybe my favourite opening of any movie this year. Imagine Christopher Walken putting on an Irish accent and saying that in voiceover. As dead. in, like, welcome to Ireland, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll see critic Michael McGranahan added, Christopher Walken should never, ever be asked to speak in an Irish accent <laughs> again. <laughs> um, I mean, it was the main draw, let's face it. 
Like that was the thing was from it? the trailer. Oh yeah, I was like Christopher Walken with it. But I movie. think this movie actually, the, there's a thing of like people don't want to watch so bad it's good. But when something's got a shocker of a trailer and all the reviews are just like one stars, that doesn't get you views. Like they got one stars. Reviews. I think because. Yeah. Like it doesn't work for Blackbird either. Blackbird didn't do well at the box office. It's also not so bad. No, but no, but th- these movies, the movies that are so bad they're good, don't do well at the box office. They, but they'll have a long life as, as a cult classic, right? I don't think this will either, though. It's just Blackbird too weird. Blackbird might. I'm not sure about this, but yeah. the, but it, the the end is so so out there. You kind of have to see it for yourself. Do you know what? But I then, think no, so- but then nothing. I, you, you're almost better off just being told the ending rather than there's nothing to experience. He just says it. No, and then, it was truly and then it's wild. never mentioned again. That was one of the most fascinating yeah. cinematic. Experiences. I'm a B. Okay, great. I love you. Um, that was really shocking though. Like that's a Luke. I am your father moment of film. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was yeah. not expecting. It. <laughs> um, the other thing though, I have a theory on that cult classic piece, right? That I've just come up with, um, and patent is pending on it. So you know the way we used to watch like bad movies when we were teenagers and we'd watch them loads and we'd have a laugh. Yeah. Do you know what teenagers are watching these days? Good good Tic- stuff? No, TikTok oh, and TikTok. YouTube. Oh, yeah. They're not sitting around watching Blackbird and laughing at it. They're not sitting around and watching Mile Mountain Time. Anyway, back to some more fun facts. The accents and acting. You have never sounded older in this I know, moment. but they're not though. The kids these days are watching TikTok they instead are. of wild, their wild yeah. mountain times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like young teenagers where we used to stay up late at night and watch movies. Yeah. They'd just be on their phones now. Um, anyway, uh, on the accents that I mentioned in the intro that we... I had listened to Emily Blunt talking about like taking the process really seriously on the Empire podcast. So what Dornan and Blunt did was that they worked with this famous dialect coach, Brendan Gunn, and they listened to tapes of people from the region. Um, Dornan, he grew up in Belfast, wanted to sound less metropolitan. Um, but surely it's also that he needed to sound like he was from Mullingar, not Belfast. And then someone on Twitter have ridiculed the accents in the trailer. Lol. Shanley said, if the character sounded exactly like his relatives spoke, no one would understand them. You have to make the accent more accessible to a global audience, he says. What he didn't say was that, therefore, Chris Walken could just have an American accent. <laughs> um, and then in terms of them working together as they prepared, Blunt felt really connected to Jamie Dornan. She said, there was a real essence of Jamie and I being kindred spirits. And I just found him to be so utterly charming in this role and so willing to look silly and be silly. Be silly? <laughs> and be breathtakingly uncomfortable in his own skin. And I think all of those qualities are so touching. I agree with that. I think... It's an awful shame if you're going to be playing a character like that, that like the movie doesn't makes a bit more of it, you know. I think he's committing. I really do. And I'm not surprised that you read out his comment about loving the the dialogue and getting to say it. I'm, Jamie Dornan was like, this was probably his favorite movie. Like I He hated Fifty Shades of Grey. You could like. see in, in the Shades of trilogy that he is. Yeah. Uh, he is not, doesn't want to be there. Well, I tell you what, he, um, how his method acting. Go on. In some warped way, I got myself to a point where I believed that I was him. In the end, when I revealed the, the secret to Does Emily I mean, Blunt, Jamie Dornan is a bee. Yeah, I got my... This is what Jamie Dornan said. I got myself to a place where I totally believed that I was a bee. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You've been sitting on this quote. <laughs> I've been waiting. The whole time. It's been a narrative to my fun facts. And then he said, you know what's so funny? That day I approached Shadney and said, Shadney, there's something I haven't asked you. It was the morning of the scene. And I was like, when he says that, does he actually believe he's a bee? Or is it just <laughs> saying that as a dramatic thing? And Shadney was like, sure, we all believe we're, so- we're something we're not, right? And that was the extent of the conversation they had about that even fucking Jamie, Even Jamie Dornan was confused by what was going on. And he asked the person that wrote it and he answered, sure. 
We all think we're... And Jamie Dornan What? Like, I believe I'm a bee, but does my character believe he's a bee? <laughs> um, and then finally, we don't... How, just, like, sorry, how method did Jamie Dornan get? Is he like... Is, is, he was dressed as a bee. Is he like, yeah, is he like the guy from The Symptoms? Like the Spanish <laughs> Do you know what Jamie Dornan was doing? He was carrying <laughs> pollen from flowers across the fields. <laughs> um, and then we wouldn't normally like read out that other people's... Amazing. We wouldn't normally read out other people's reviews, but I have to read an extract from Peter Bradshaw's review in The Guardian. <laughs> So he gave it one star. Uh, and this is just an extract. Here's a sublime awfulness and condensation. Oh, there is a sublime awfulness and condescension to this American vision of Ireland. Um, a mind-boggling stew of bizarre paddy wackery that makes John Ford's The Quiet Man look like a documentary about crack dealers. <laughs> Two of its stars, Emily Blunt and Christopher Walken, both playing Irish people, engage in a colossal intergenerational battle for who can do the worst Irish accent. <laughs> Blunt and Walken's Broke Off makes this the King Kong v Godzilla event of inauthentic <laughs> Irish voices. It's supposed to That's be happening great. in the present day, but it might as well have been happening in 1958. Blunt plays Rosemary, a beautiful, sharp-tongued farmer's daughter in County Westmeath. And isn't she in love with the soft Egypt from the farm next door? <laughs> and then he makes a really interesting point, skip to the end of his review. I couldn't help remembering how Angelica Houston's film Agnes Brown was based on the novel The Mammy by Brendan O'Carroll, who then went on to develop the same story into the TV comedy Miss Brown's oh Boys. That was really weird. And then he says, maybe O'Carroll can take over Blunt's role for a new show, Rosemary's Roving Honeybee. <laughs> <laughs> See, critics love reviewing bad movies. Yeah. And then Donald Clark, who um, our Irish listeners will probably know, is the, um, the Irish, the Irish Times, Times film critic. And he's written at the top. while Because remember it was advertised way... It was talked about for way longer before it actually came out because um, of the pandemic. And he goes, Wild Mountain Time, be japers. Isn't it only after arriving at last? The accents are the only thing that aren't terrible in this woeful mixploitation flick. Love that mixploitation. I've never heard that term of you. Mixploitation. M-I-C-K. Oh, M-I-C-K. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Play yeah. on the blackploitation. Yeah. And... Um, it's funny though he's saying the accents aren't that bad which is also what we were saying I actually think that like maybe English people thought the accents were worse than they actually are I think besides Christopher Walken which is just it's it's, it's something to hear it's something to Christopher behold. Walken's very in uh, unique way of speaking I'm Irish in an Irish accent <laughs> that's something else but yeah I, I will say to Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan I think it, I think it was a good effort yeah. I think they did really try I, but I think it, you're kind of just doomed to fail because it's not authentic. They are doing... The language it's is very weird. difficult to do. It's I mean, a how can you task. deliver the line, I'm a honeybee, in a good accent? <laughs> <laughs> and then, actually, Donald Clark made the, pulled out this line, which I'd forgotten about. He's saying, like, why do they keep saying they're in Ireland? And then he said, remember Emily Blunt said this line, tell me, standing on this holy land of Ireland... Why shouldn't you marry me? Like, who would ever refer to it as this holy land of Ireland? Like what woman in 2019 who's like an independent woman? She's a farmer. She's like really self-sufficient. She like flies to New York to see the ballet. She cuts the turf by herself. That's a two-man job. <laughs> That's a natural line from the film, by the way. That's a two-man job. Um, and then there is a recurring joke throughout which you haven't mentioned yet. I'm at the end. That's fun facts are done now. Um, where Jamie Dornan and everyone thinks he F-U-C-K's donkeys. And no one seems oh, that surprised. Yeah. And now that I know that, that he was thinks quite, he's a honeybee, that kind of makes I sense. I quite enjoy, I did find that quite funny as well, this character who only arrives with bad news. Which we all have that, neighbours that, like that. That's news. real, you know. Yeah. There's some stuff in here, there's some nuggets of like genuine Ireland in here where yeah. it does ring true. Like I think he did, 
he did sort of see so he, he he translated some reality into here, but it it is just and see, Paddy I do wackery enjoy... is the right word for it. It is just such a rose tinted, bizarre story that it it cannot succeed. Yeah, but but then it's it's almost a shame because the bad accents and the kind of naffness of it. It was also out. the drawing point. I mean, that's why we're all here, right? Well, but then it totally kind of drowned out. Like, I feel like all the headlines should have been like, Jamie Dornan's a Is bee. <laughs> Though I guess people don't tend to like comment on the end of films or whatever. Like, this, you know the way you'd see those BuzzFeed articles and they're like, what happened in this would truly shock you? Like yeah. That actually needed to be a headline for this film. I would love, this would be a great pairing with Jupiter Ascending where Channing Tatum is a dog. Right what and like at, at people as animals, right? I don't remember that movie. And then cats. That could be another one you could watch. That would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I just want to see like if so. She thinks she's a white swan, but he thinks she's a flower, and that he's a bee. What is happening in the bedroom with these three <laughs> creatures? <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, all it's right. kind of lame the way she flew all the way to New York and then like kissed John Hamm for one second. It's like, please, <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Guys, I, I'm actually exhausted. I can't talk anymore of it. About Wild Mountain Time. Um, I'd love to know what you guys think, though, because this is a lot of fun to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so we're, fun. We've been going for like an hour here. Have we? Um, oh, no, half an hour. Just, it just <laughs> feels like... Well, time moves differently in Ireland. Um, I've prepared in a, Ireland. a number. I've pretended... To, I've prepared a number to sing us off. And it's a number I was planning on singing at the local uh, talent show soon. Go. Honey to the bee, that's you for me. No, do it as do it as a an old Irish oh. ballad. Honey to the bee, that's you <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll go. This is the other thing they missed honey, out on. If honey, this, if, if they were singing in an Irish pub, half of the pub would be talking and the other half would be shutting them. Yeah. What's the other one singing? Oh yeah, this is no. They, okay, I've, I've got one. Squeeze me, uh, honey, honey. <laughs> squeeze me. Shake me, uh, honey, honey. Shake me. I ain't ever gonna spill a drop. So, honey, honey, don't stop. Fantastic. <laughs> I've conflated a real song there and an ad for Honey Just in Ireland. a lovely voice. <laughs> Shh. Catherine Cullen <laughs> and the holy rock of Ireland I do declare my undying love to uh, thanks Dave um, also I'm a wasp <laughs> right we better go <laughs> what a, this has been really fun I still fun. think that people who haven't uh, seen the movie are genuinely not going to believe us about the bee thing no it's, uh, if someone told me that I would be very sceptical <laughs> uh, uh, requires a healthy amount of skepticism yeah okay anyway be a good, yeah, yeah. drop your comments right. in the post about um, this fantastic film guys that was fun thank you for thanks for forcing it. us to watch that yeah let's watch a good film next month <laughs> bye. bye Rosemary Maldoon Rose 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 Rosemary Maldoon The Maldoon Farm, where Rosemary lives. It's not normal. Rosemary Maldoon. It's the finest car I've ever seen. From me to you.
Rosemary Muldoon. Did you freeze your whole body? Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.